Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why did the orange lose the race? Nobody going to ask why. Somebody going to say why. I don't know why. He ran out of juice. Hey, everybody, welcome to Hoops and Cards, where I just love Giannis's sense of humor. That dude is hilarious. Glad you could join us as we talk about the 4G investing strategy. As you think about basketball cards, basketball players, like some are total guesses. We don't know what they'll be. Or they're already good. They're making a contribution, and maybe they're even an all-star. But they could become great. Great, that's the third G. G. Guess good, great, multiple all-stars leading their teams or helping their teams to play off success for years. And then some of them might become goats like LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and whoever else you think is a goat. I don't know. But today we also have listener feedback and some fantastic thoughts when it comes to buying season later this summer and the NBA draft. So I'm so pumped to join you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's get after it. How's it going, Hoops fan, Hoops collector, Hoops investor, whatever you consider yourself, this is your podcast. Guys, we love uh, sports cards here. We love, I mean, all sports are great, but this is basketball. And uh, here we are a little over a week into the offseason. We got the NBA draft. There's a lot to talk about there. We've got buying opportunities galore. I'm seeing so many deals, and yet uh, I'm I'm at a, a p- place where I'm kind of spent. Where I don't have a lot of uh, <laughs> extra margin or cash floating around to buy cards. I don't know about you, but just having to be more a more discerning buyer. And uh, and yeah, wanting to be more strategic when it comes to uh, how I and 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 just just to recap here. Hoops and Cards, we've been on this journey for about a year and four months as a podcast. I've been back in the hobby as uh, wanting to make this a profitable and fun hobby. In that order, because I just think it's, it's more fun to be profitable, and there are so many opportunities to do that. Um, not just with the cards that you pick or buy, but when you buy, how you buy, what extra costs you have. 
or not, all that stuff. I think I think it's just more fun, even if I, even if it's for my collection. Guys, I started back in in December of 2019, so I think I got in just in time. Like I was one of the last people in the door before COVID, and started buying uh, Prism because it was popular. Because I wanted to collect LeBrons, and and I was able to buy and sell sell some of my older cards. That maybe now I look back and I'm like, man, I I learned a lot during that season of cards I I sold too early or cards I of course wish I had bought more of back then. But but here we are and uh, it's summer. It's June of 2022. We have just wrapped up another NBA season with Golden State as the champs. Uh, we have seen a lot of players in the past year move from relative unknowns to become NBA all-stars and guys that are worth collecting, I should say worth investing in. Maybe you're already a fan of a certain team or certain players like I am. Who, who do you guys love to follow? Uh, a lot of that can be tied to when you started to, to love basketball or when you started to get into the hobby or what you enjoy the most about it. Uh, maybe you played basketball and you were a big man, so you like to collect big men, uh, centers and forwards and Joel Embiid's, and maybe you've been overall just frustrated that uh, that certain players and cards, you know, didn't do so well this year. Uh, the values of guys like DeAndre Ayton didn't do what I, I thought they would. I, 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 let me just say the Phoenix Suns didn't do what a lot of us thought they would. I thought by now we'd be talking more about uh, Devin Booker and, uh, you know, him losing another another finals and is he ever going to get over the hump and why do we ask is, it, is he ever questions about such a young dude. But but uh, it, there's just, there's a lot to talk about and to prepare ourselves for and just basically to enjoy as collectors and investors together. And uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, there's no, there's no off season when it comes to the hobby. In fact, you know, even though it's been pushed back and back and back and back, uh, here we are, you know, two weeks away from the release of basketball prism cards, at least the hobbies. And I've been watching what prism football has done these last three weeks and looking at, in fact, I was at a card shop yesterday where a guy was just ripping hanger after hanger box of prism football and getting getting some beautiful cards uh, that, you know, we won't know until a month or two out if these were great cards worth valuing, all the Mac Jones silver variation and Trey Lance red cracked ice and uh, Jamar Chase. These are football players, uh, American football, Uh, like all those cards. What if this year they overprinted Prism? And what if the values are going to be watered down? And what if they do the same with basketball? And, uh, you know, we've, we've done an episode. Actually, it got released twice on accident. If you noticed uh, a preview of Prism Basketball as a set that comes out. And I, I, even though Prism has its critics, I love the way it usually looks. I love the, uh, all the variations and the product and the, and certainly the value as far as reselling or flipping goes, if you do it and time it well, but, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. It's an exciting time right now. You guys, I'm pumped about the NBA draft and, uh, I should say a few things about it. 
in this episode, but I also want to talk about uh, this, this couple thoughts on the 4G investing strategy. We kind of unveiled that. Uh, there'll be some, some more details and resources and predictions coming for next year when it comes to the 4Gs, levels or categories of players, and e- even cards, we can talk about it that way, but, but players that are guesses, that we don't know how good that guy's going to be yet, but I'm guessing he'll be, he'll be good and great someday. Those guest level guys, a lot of them in their first few years uh, as NBA players. Then there's good players, good players who have already arrived as starters. They've been mentioned as all-stars or they've been an all-star once, maybe. Maybe they're looking at a second all-star appearance next year, you know. And then there's great players, guys that are multiple all-stars, uh, usually considered stable or safer investments in the hobby if you can get in at the right time with a good card of theirs. These are often these are great players that are carrying their teams. So I, I mean I think Jason Tatum's a great player. I think Clay Thompson's a great player. I don't like saying it, but I think Draymond Green's a great player. You know? Uh, Jalen Brown is on the road to becoming a great player. But then the next level, the fourth G, is the GOATs, and that's very few. That's maybe the top five, maybe the top ten players to collect of all time. Guys that my kids and your kids and their kids and their kids will hear the names and remember the legacy or the legends of Michael Jordan, LeBron James. The the talk these last few weeks is where does Steph Curry rank in GOAT? Status is he is he already there? Is he ahead of you know guys like Magic or Larry Bird or Kobe? I mean, wow! <laughs> I, I don't think we're ready to, to. I'm not ready to have that conversation, but I but I, it's definitely a conversation. And uh, congrats to Steph for getting it there. You know, um, so there's all that stuff to talk about today. Uh, speculating about NBA trades. There's the NBA trade rumor mill. If you want to, if you're like that short-term flipper guy and you want to, you want to capitalize on some news that could happen in the next couple days, the NBA draft. I I always <laughs> have been watching and following the NBA draft since Patrick Ewing was drafted since 1985, and um, it, it it's always a fun process to see what are teams going to do to build and transform their roster to hopefully be better next season. What trades will they make? What player will they reach and try to draft earlier than anybody else would because that guy fits their team or they project him as a a superstar down the road? Like, what what are they doing? And what are they thinking? I, I love what could happen on draft night. I remember in 1986 when my Cleveland Cavaliers traded... Roy Hinson, who was on the verge of making another all-star team. Roy Hinson. Probably never heard of Roy Hinson. It's the most I've said Roy Hinson's name in in probably the last 10 years. So, But the Cavs gave up Roy Hinson and something else, and they got the number one pick. Big news. They drafted Brad Doherty. There could be some big trades this week in the NBA draft. Teams looking to move up or down the draft board. Teams looking to package picks to get a quality player like some of these teams Houston, Oklahoma City they have so many draft assets, they have so many picks and people are like well are they going to package those and 
get a get a veteran superstar? Are there veteran superstars on the market? Like, what is what is actually going to happen with Damian Lillard? And can Toronto keep all of those dudes that they have that do so many different things? And you know, are there players that that maybe they're coming up for a contract year, or teams want to get their salaries off the books? What are the Lakers going to do? Does anybody want Bradley Beal? Like for real? I heard this um, this rumor that the the Wizards were going to try to make a deal to get Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm like, they don't have enough. <laughs> they don't have enough talent on their team to get Shea Gilgis Alexander. If I'm the GM in Oklahoma City, what is uh, David Griffin and New Orleans going to do around that surging young core that that all of a sudden maybe they don't need Zion Williamson? You know, Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum. Uh, a lot of guys really stepped up their game for New Orleans in their playoff, or maybe they just made the play in. But my point is, uh, there's going to be some teams looking to take a next step and some trades. And, you know, suppose that Damian Lillard gets traded to the Knicks. I mean, is that a crazy thought? I think so. But if he does, guess who's going to be buying some Damian Lillard cards? A lot of New York. A lot of New Yorkers. We are uh, also heading toward, calendar-wise, the national, the uh, incredible sports card, just sports collector, investor, content creator heaven <laughs> in Atlantic City, New Jersey in a, in a few weeks. And uh, some of you are packing up or buying up and getting your strategies together for going. Uh, I don't think I will be there. I want to go one of these years. I'm like... Man, can't they just have it in Cleveland again? The IX Center. If you're listening, Cleveland, it's time to man up like you did with the All-Star game and get the All-Star card, you know, expo that that's going to be. That is like card con, if you know what I'm saying. So, so much to talk about, you guys. I will I will drill down into the 4G strategy goods to greats in a moment. I want to talk about some guys that I'm like, I'm, I'm watching as far as potential trades and moves. And uh, I also want to talk to you a bit about my strategy, both for the summer overall and then for the new release of Prism to give you a bit of a, a preview on that. And uh, and a little uh, teaser on free agency. So I'm so glad you're with us. This has felt like a long intro session, but I just wanted to cover, hey, there is a lot going on. Some of you have sent in listener feedback questions. I'm going to put those in this episode as well. So this is a little bit of everything and uh, a season where, you know, the casual NBA fan thinks nothing's happening. We know better. With the first pick in the 2003 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select LeBron James. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Let's talk about 
the good category of the 4G investing categories. The guess, good, great, goat. Those four areas. And I would say with within each area, there's a there's a range. There's a, there's a bit of wiggle room. Like a good player could be, hey, he's already starting, or hey, he's already putting up close to 20 points a game, or hey, his cards are already baked in some value, and uh, they assume he's not only already good, Tyler Hero, but he's going to be great eventually. That, that good category has a, a wide range of players in it because once you get to greatness, once you get to great, it's, it's guys that have, you know, I would say they're in the top 20, 25 of current players and current card investments. So great would be Jason Tatum. Great would be Devin Booker. Great would be all, all the uh, guys who are multiple all-stars in the league you know, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Kawhi Leonard, of course. But some of them, you know, can surpass all that and become goats and a very small number. But I want to talk about good. The good category could be guys that have already made an all-star team. And they're on the, the higher end of good. Like a, a DeJounte Murray, Darius Garland... Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam. These guys have a chance to be great one day. They're not yet. I mean, they might have some great games and a great month, but I wouldn't say, hey, that guy's a five-time all-star yet. He could be. He's, he's, he's progressing towards great. You know, if you stay healthy, you keep playing at that level. You Anyway, but the good range doesn't just include, like, the, the rising star type of player. It also includes the guy who has just you know kind of broken out of the the guessing the the mystery role and he's he's become a key player for his team. So I mean Robert Williams the third is is good and uh, Desmond Bain is good. He's not great, but he's good. He's a good player. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And there's some debating here. There there can be some conversation. You might think that Robert Williams the third is still a guess. And I guess there's always some, I guess, there's always some speculating, you know, how, what this guy's upside is, how far he's going to go, if the card market will even care. Some of those guys that are big men, the card market doesn't respond super well to or early to. So the good, the good category has quite a range. In fact, you could even say, I'm not doing this yet, but you could even say, hey, maybe there's a fifth G. Like this guy that's, that's, he's passed a guess, but he's still growing, growing into uh, himself as a player, growing into the team role, growing, they're all hopefully improving, but I'm saying a growing player, you could look at uh, Josh Giddy. you could look at DeAndre Hunter, some, some guys that haven't made all-star teams yet, you wouldn't want to yet call them at the top end of good, but they're, they're growing. So I'm not introducing that yet. I'm just saying good is a wide range of guys that have already shown flashes. They've already played well. They've already had some level of success. And uh, the card market is at least aware of them. In fact, I remember a year ago when I would go to the card, card shows, card shops, you could find Desmond Bain in the quarter box. Can't do that anymore. You know, you could find a number. These would be guys you could find in the the dollar or less boxes for their rookie cards, and uh, 
even some of their like Donruss lasers you could have for cheap. Those were guesses. And those are the guys we're looking at for next year that, uh, you know, you might want to guess on Malachi Flynn or Peyton Pritchard or Cameron Thomas. Uh, that's where they're at as far as career and awareness in the hobby. But when I think about guys who this past year moved from guests to good, or they moved from, you know, good guests, decent guests to proving that they're good. Miles Bridges, right? Jaron Jackson Jr. came back and, and, uh, you know, prove that he can contribute well on a playoff team. Uh, I said Desmond Bain. I would say Tyrese Maxey. I would say Darius Garland. We could look throughout the NBA and find a lot of guys who improved to a good level or they they just proved that they belong and will stay in that category for a while. So the the I guess the thing to look for would be, okay, along with kind of estimating how they are as a player, how they fit in, what they've done to this point, would be also saying, all right, will the card market respond? Now that Anthony Simons uh, has proven that he's good, he can can contribute, Portland dealt CJ McCollum because they believe in Anthony Simons and they wanted a draft pick, but they believe in Anthony Simons as a starter moving forward. So what does this mean for uh, his card values? Is he just going to become more well-known in the hobby and people buying into him because they see how good he is or people saying, hey, he might be great. Look what he did that week. Look what he did last February. There are some some guys that would fit into my, my understanding of good. And as I look at that category, I'm saying, I'm, I'm asking these kinds of questions. Are they already a good player and, and already on a playoff team and the hobby just needs to notice them. Like they have to do something this season to get noticed. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is already good. I think people already know his name, but does he have the potential to play great and take his card values to the next level? Absolutely. Do the Pacers have playoff aspirations? Uh, they shouldn't, man. They got, they got a lot of issues. <laughs> so you evaluate good players. Hey, are they going to keep at this level or increase? Do they have playoff chances? Is the hobby going to notice and care? Right? Are they fun to watch? Are they popular? Because you got you got other players who I said Josh Giddy earlier. I could say I could say I could say say Gilgis Alexander and say there's a there's a awesome player as far as talent goes, but his team's not making the playoffs. So if I look back on last season, I'd say there were guys that I made some money on or that I'm holding on to that have proven that they're good. They have a chance to be great. And as an investor, you might say, you know, I just I just want to get good players. I, I want to get good young players, cards of theirs, a good good deals on those. Fine. I'm also looking for players that are under the age of 23. They handle the ball a lot. They score or they have the potential to score a lot. And their teams are already heading toward the playoffs. And uh, that's where players like I've mentioned, Tyrese Maxey, Darius Garland, Desmond Bain, those are the kinds of guys that took that step last year. I think they have a chance to go on towards greatness over the next five years. It will be fun. I don't know about what Tyler Hero's future looks like. I don't know for some of these players that are fantastic, like Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox and Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Anthony Simons and Jalen Green, guys that are on bad teams 
what will those teams do? Because that's why it's important to watch the draft and trades and free agencies because some guys who are, they have the ability, uh, but their team may free up some playing time. They, they, they're like, look, it is time to give Alperen Shangun more minutes. Let's deal Christian Wood. Or it's time to give Anthony more minutes. Let's deal CJ McCollum. There might be an opportunity for a young, talented player to go on towards uh, his next level when an injury happens or a trade happens. Colin Sexton gets hurt. Boom. Darius Garland is the man in Cleveland. He already had the ability. He just needed the opportunity. We didn't know the Cavs would make the playoffs. What are you looking for in this area? Because some of you are like hyper prospectors. You're like, by the time somebody's already good and people already know who Emmanuel Quickly is or who Cole Anthony is, or you're, you you kind of don't want to focus on them. You'd rather dig for prospects. And I, I get that. We can go there. That was a previous episode on guesses. Some of you guys are like, you know what? Uh, I'm not buying any good guys in this category unless I think they're going to be great. Unless I think they're going to be, you know, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball. These are players that are one all-star team. They're young. Uh, the, the, career, the card market already looks at them as like, that guy's, that guy's destined for a great career. But we don't know. We just don't know what they're going to be long-term. You know, will a guy like Carl Anthony Towns be remembered as great? I don't, I mean... We, we put a priority on playoffs, don't we? On championships and all those things. So so you may only want to focus on greats and goats. And I get it. I get it, especially as we enter buying season when some of the prices on goats are going to be cheaper than you've seen in a while. Or you've got some some guys that are still in the running to be goats, Kawhi Leonard, that uh, have been out for a while. And him coming back and the Clippers with Paul George and you know, uh, Norman Powell, they've got some more talent ready for next year. I'm looking at players this year in the good category that, like I said, maybe it's just to continue the dudes that I like in that area. I still like Darius Garland as a fantastic investment. I think RJ Barrett has a chance to take his game to the next level, but I'll be watching real closely. What, what do the Knicks do with this collection of talent and with some picks and what they could be in the future because RJ can score and score and score. Like he's, he's Keldon Johnson, another guy who maybe some of you guys still think he's a guess. I don't. And the Spurs don't. And if you look at what he's done the last year and a half in his career, he's not a guess anymore. But what is kind of a mystery is, all right, well, San Antonio, right? Is that a place where stars develop or do they have to get traded? Or is Kawhi Leonard the last guy to come out and be awesome for them? And if Kelden averages 22 a game this season, will anybody in the hobby care? Because maybe the Spurs aren't on TV as much in the big markets or the Spurs are boring as an offense to watch. I don't know. Not to, not to rip on you, San Antonio, but, uh, you know, Popovich likes to develop his system and, and keep guys like kind of at their level within that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But I do like, when I look at the good category, to say, are there, are there good players the hobby has yet to recognize that are doing all the things? Like I said, scoring. Running the offense. Helping a team to the playoffs. Getting on highlights and Sports Center and stuff like that. And not just John Morant, but Scotty Barnes. Some of those players. Miles Bridges is super dunks. 
Does he have a chance to be great down the road? Absolutely. Jaron Jackson Jr. still has it in him. Miles Bridges has it in him. Kevin Porter Jr. has greatness in him. Will he stay disciplined and grow and contribute and be patient? I don't know. Right? I don't know. In the good category, like I said, I focus on guys that are 23, 24 years or younger, and they have future all-star like seasons ahead of them. And there's that could be anybody from Brandon Ingram to certainly Evan Mobley, right? And some of this is about finding good deals on players that, you know, if there's a consensus, this guy is heading towards greatness, that's a good sign, but it also means there's are some value baked in. If there's some debate, that might mean you could get a steal off of somebody who doesn't think that player is destined for greatness and they just see him as, eh, yeah, I don't know. Right, I don't know what Sadiq Bey is going to be long-term, what, but you might love him. You might just love Sadiq Bey. You might love Jalen Brunson like I do and think that guy's got a lot of good, maybe some greatness down the road. I love Anthony Simons. Love, love, love Anthony Simons. I'm intrigued by Malik Monk. I'm telling you, I'm not giving up on Malik Monk. I love watching the, the 2016 guys, that whole rookie class of Pascal Siakam, Sabonis, Ingram, DeJounte Murray. That class is full of guys who seem to be taking the next step. And uh, Ingram and Siakam just are unappreciated in the hobby. And maybe it's they got to get to a deep playoff run. But it looks like Toronto is primed for that. Do you see what their lineup is? They are primed for it. Anyway, I wanted to do a, a bit of an overview of things I think about the good category. Good players to invest in there. And I think everybody's on the table as we head towards August. A lot of deals on all these guys. I'm I'm going to target, once again, Garland and Maxi. I don't see any reason to deviate from them. Uh, scorers, passers, all-star possibilities. I, I would throw DeJounte Murray and Siakam in there. A little bit harder to find cards, a little bit higher value for some of their, maybe higher prices, you know, not as many, low pop count, all that stuff. So RJ Barrett, yes. Uh, I would love to hear who are some of your good players that you would be like, look, this guy's already, Emmanuel quickly is already good. Most people don't know about it, right? They just don't know how good he is. What if Cole Anthony is real good, but he doesn't get the chance because there's five point guards in Orlando? Well, that happens, right? DeAndre Hunter could be a guy that moves clearly from guess to good to, oh, gee, he's got, he's got greatness ahead of him. I just laugh when I say OG oh, and realize that was a subliminal reminder to mention Ananobi. Uh, that's the fun of the NBA. 30 teams, lots of players that are talented that the hobby could take notice of and watch. I didn't say too many big men because there really, there really aren't a lot of big men that will gain value and interest and involvement in the hobby. When it comes to the upcoming Prism release, by the way, let me get just get to a couple thoughts of that. I can't wait to see them. Can't wait to hold them, <laughs> buy some of them after a month or two when the card value, the the initial like excitement and people overpaying to be the first one to get or the first one to rip, like all that stuff. After all that's done, I want to get Evan Mobley. I want to get Scotty Barnes. I'm interested in Jalen Green. Uh, of course, uh, what's his face? Cade Cunningham. There, There's a number of rookies worth looking at, but I think they're going to be so high priced at first that uh, I'm going to wait a couple months and uh, wait till those prices come down. There's a long time, guys, till November. 
And uh, with Prism coming out July 8th, if that's still the date, uh, you got time. You got time. So my play with Prism release is, hey, it's exciting. It's fun. I'll watch some rips. I'll watch some Pac-Man. You know, hey, here's a new product. Let's review it. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm not a big money investor, and I don't think it's wise to buy first. Uh, even in even in the summer when a new product like this is released, it's going to be high priced, just like Prism Football just was, and people are going to overpay on eBay and on eBay singles. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting also to see how much retail they made. You know how much retail they made, how much they're going to release, and uh, that's going to affect card values as well. So Prism, I'm pumped. Going to wait on my Evan Mobleys and my Scotty Barneses. Who are you after? What rookies that we maybe wouldn't mention yet that you're like, man, I, I really like Isaiah Jackson. I like Malachi Flynn. Who, who are the guys that, uh, you know, in this rookie class that you might say, you know, everybody's chasing after Cade Cunningham and the bigs. I've got Amir Coffee on the brain. Who are you? Who are you paying attention to as a, you know, under the radar guests, a generally unknown guests? Who are your dudes? Who are your secrets? Who are your prospects? I named a few. And and after this break, I want to get to a couple of uh, listener questions. Thomas, rookie on rookie. The pull up for three. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? And when the lights are brightest, Cam Thomas is at his best. Well, hey, you don't need to be best friends to be great teammates. Think about Shaq and Kobe, right? So today's listener questions or comments come from two of our regulars and longtime listeners. And also these guys, I believe, are are Hoops Plus subscribers or connected with that. And uh, so I'm excited to uh, hear from both Dirk Nashty, that is Keith, who does the podcast Hobby Time with Dirk Nashty, and then Nathaniel, who is a major part of the uh, dynamic duo Nathaniel and Camden over at uh, Nashak Index. So, guys, let's let's hear it. Hi, Gary. It's Keith or or Dirk Nasty on your Discord. I love the idea of the four Gs, but I, as I was starting to make my own list, I was having a lot of trouble distinguishing, you know, guesses from goods or goods from greats. And I'm curious just how you do that. And if you've actually made a list, um, and then my second question is, if you, if you had your investment allocated exactly how you wanted between the four G's, what would that allocation look like? Thanks a lot. Love the pod. Hey, Keith, great to hear from you. That's a great question. Actually, both of those questions are fantastic and they're ones that, uh, I am chewing on. I don't feel the need to, uh, wrap them up with a lot of clarity just yet. I like the clarity that these these words give me to, to think through a strategy. Good or guess good, great goat. I like that. What I what I don't think is even necessary is to be super specific about okay, here's here's the measurable criteria that tells me this player fits in this exact box. Uh, if you're looking for that, I actually I mean, I, I like having the criteria in mind, but I don't like having rigid numbers or boundaries on it. And, and you know, some of this, a lot of the hobby is subject to opinions and preferences. So not dodging the question, um, 
what I'm saying is the tension I think you're feeling with, I, does this guy good yet? Is he, is he great? All that stuff. I think that's just part of the, the fun of the hobby is going to be discussing and debating those things and, and taking, you know, investment, uh, risks or decisions based on what you think. So some guys will fit squarely in like Michael Jordan's a goat, right? Nobody's going to argue that Malachi Flynn is a guess. Isaac Okoro is a guess. Some, some might say there's bad guesses and good guesses. I don't know. But when I, when I, your question was more direct to me, like what, what criteria am I looking for? And I, I think I hit on some of that earlier in this episode where I talk about, I'm looking for players who have the chance to move to the next category in the near future, have a chance to move from guest to good because they're getting more playing time and because they have shown in the past the ability to score points, help a team win, you know, they, they, they've given me something. Bones Highland, I think, is a smart guess because he's shown a lot in the time he's been able to play. Herb Jones, same deal. Trey Mann, same deal. We could we could list a bunch of guys who have shown flashes. They've popped, right, or had a pre-pop, <laughs> a stretch of good play, um, you know, or they've got some good cards right now that might be worth getting. Emmanuel quickly is, uh, you know, on the verge of being good. He just needs more playing time. <laughs> so I hope that helps. And then the second question you had was, uh, how do I allocate, like, personally? And it's the kind of question that guys, uh, you know, men and women, ask about stocks. Is like, what's a good, what's a balanced portfolio look like? And the answer that you usually get from experts is, well, what's your um, risk tolerance? <laughs> like, what do, what do you enjoy most? If, you, if you're in a place where you need you need to put your, your money or you want to put your money in safer investments, then I would go goats that you're able to buy low during buying season. And, uh, but if you're into having a lot of risk, then I would say go after silver autograph cards that are numbered of guys that aren't yet starters, guys that are young, that are rookies and and people that have a high, I think guys that have, uh, and gals that have money and they love taking risks. I think they're buying higher end cards of Jalen Green. They're buying higher end cards of, uh, Kate Cunningham. They're buying higher-end cards of these new rookies that, that are coming out at, at whatever different level they're at. and uh, Or they're buying expensive cards like uh, Genesis or one-of-ones of players that are good but they think are going to be great. So they're going all in on, like, I'm spending, you know, money on $5 Tyrese Maxi cards. These guys with high-risk tolerance are spending $2,000 on a Tyrese Maxi, you know, auto... National Treasures patch numbered to five. You know they're they're spending a lot more money on Tyrese Maxey. So I think it, it it all comes down to what your tolerance for risk is. Personally, I I do like the categories because I want I want to pay attention to, and I want to invest in a few players at each level. So I've kind of decided that my goats are, are LeBron James and Michael Jordan. My greats are, uh. At this point, really, Luka Doncic that that I personally like and want to invest in. I, I hope Donovan Mitchell gets there. I hope uh, Ja Morant gets there. I hope that some of these younger guys get there. But I don't see a lot of greats right now that I say, um, unless I'm buying super low on a Jason Tatum card. You know what I'm saying? And then the good categories, you know who I like. Darius, Tyrese... 
uh, Desmond Bain, Anthony Simons, somewhere in that mix. So my guess is I am going to get into this more later in the season, the offseason, but I, I really like Bones Highland. I really like Cameron Thomas, and I really like Emmanuel Quickly. Those three guys uh, have shown me a lot already in my just research of them and my understanding of what they're going to be able to do this next season. Tyrese Halliburton is right up there uh, with all those guys, and it'll be fascinating to see if any other guys get more playing time and more of a platform or a playoff chance based on the draft and trades that are made. So hope that helps. Keith, love your podcast. I love that you push for uh, details and think through all this at a deeper level. So thanks for your question. Hi, Gary. This is Nathaniel from Portland, a longtime listener, third-time caller. Um, just had a quick question for you. Seems that one of your big tenants uh, with hoops and cards is the buying season idea of uh, buying in the off-season, selling during the regular season, especially in key moments like the beginning of the season or leading into the playoffs. Um, I was wondering, with the delay in the release of new cards, I was wondering if you think that skews buying season at all. If uh, Prism being released in June and the other boring brands like that um, coming out more after the playoffs even, if that kind of skews the time period of a typical buying season. All right. Thanks. Nathaniel, great to hear from you. An excellent question, and I want to apologize we didn't get it on an episode sooner, man. It's really good. I uh, love your podcast with Camden there at NASHEC Index. And yeah, we've got the big uh, the big release of Prism coming, but Optics, Select, Mosaic, some others, you know, that are much later than they usually are. And yeah, I think that will affect the market overall. I think it'll affect buying season. It's not ideal. I feel like it affects buying season more for those specific rookies, all those Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes that I've talked about already, because it means that, hey, uh, those rookie cards aren't, weren't even available till after their full rookie season and rookie of the year and things. And usually, you know, it used to be the cards would come out before the guy's rookie season. So you'd buy Zion <clears throat> in the hopes that he'd win rookie of the year. Well, now you already know how it all played out. And I guess that's a benefit, but it just makes this year's releases a little different uh and what i here's what i'm going to use it for i'm not going to rush in to buy those products maybe the evan mobley like i said but not going to rush in because i think they're going to be overrated overvalued and you got a nice dig in on prism i love that other boring brands <laughs> i loved it um but what i like about this I'm, I'm trying to see the positive what i like about the release this summer the release is coming this summer is that they will distract people the people who are the the rush to the new release buys. And if you are, and that's part of the fun for you, like knock yourself out. It's just not where I'm at. I mean, and, and I hope you enjoy it and, and certainly going to be fun to watch breaks. And But what I'm going to use it for is, hey, uh, a lot of people will be focusing attention and buying those things. I think that's going to mean some bargain on other things. Like, for example, Don Russ autos or contenders autograph cards of those same rookies you know, that they will be going down in price and staying down. And maybe because someone had to get the first contenders, Evan Mobley, now they have to get the first prism or the first mosaic, like the money is going to flow towards the new products. I'm going to be looking at the other stuff. All those guys I mentioned about the goods to greats. And uh, yeah, I, so I'm not, 
I'm not seeing it being a negative necessarily. I'm trying to say, where are the opportunities in the market this summer because of the late releases? And it just means I'm going to have to wait longer, you know, till November, December, or even even like mid-season to really buy Prism cards if I want them and to see the rookies' values go down. But, you know, also the, the top four or five rookies like Josh Giddy, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, those guys will have more value baked in and it will continue to be baked in in their cards because they did have such great rookie seasons. So there's no getting like the the cheap deal on the fourth or fifth rated rookie in that class didn't mean to use rated rookie but like you're not going to get steals on those guys that have already shown what they can do so you know that's where I'm gonna do a bit more research on my guesses and and I like you know if I were to make my short list of guesses of prism silvers I'd want to get after the the initial release ballyhoo the the hype the hoopla all that stuff like I'll, I'll be looking for Cameron Thomas and Bones Highland and Isaiah Jackson. So those those are three guys I like uh, for Prism buys later in the off season, like leading toward the and and you know, but I'm but I'm with you. I'm not big on this year's late release of Prism. I'm not big on buying Prism early. I think it's going to be an awesome looking product. That's where we differ, man. But uh, that's one of the best things about the hobby is that all different. There's so many options, right? Uh, but yeah, fantastic question. It is a unique year, and I, I hope Panini or Fanatics or whoever's making cards in the future uh, get on a regular schedule, please, and do these rookies before their rookie season so we can more speculate and buy in when they're not yet proven or not yet showing off like Chris Duarte could have been a bargain. Now he's not. All right, everybody, that is a wrap for today's episode of Hoops and Cards. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Gary, your host. Grateful that you're a part of this community. Come join us in the Discord for some chatter, ideas, brainstorming, feedback. Sometimes people even buy and sell stuff. It's weird. It's crazy. But yeah, and some of us, I'd love for you to join Hoops Plus. That's a great way to support our podcast movement for basketball card collector and investors. Hoops Plus, you can find subscription information in today's show notes. Go to anchor.fm forward slash hoops and cards forward slash subscribe and you get more podcasts, you get more content, connectivity and uh, prizes. Well, there's a monthly prize winner and it's all good stuff. So Hoops Plus, love for you guys to join. Hope you're having a great summer and making your list with the four G's. Guess good, great goat. Hope you have a great week. See ya. Like this. And totally redeem yourself!